It is a football Friday, week 10 edition, and the return of Kyler Murray. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me. Kyler will start on Sunday, 335 days since his last game when he tore his ACL. That's the good news. The bad news, who is protecting Kyler? There are a lot of injuries along the offensive line. Plus, we'll get into the matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. We'll head into enemy territory and speak with D. Orlando Ledbetter, longtime Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 697, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, one heart, one threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealou. Second half of the season kicks off this week, and for the Cardinals, Zach, that means kicking off with the return of Kyler Murray. It is official. The week apparently went well. So Kyler Murray will get the start Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. JG did say that if the week goes well, he's going to get the start. I mean, I feel like every week has gone quite well for (laughs) Kyler Murray. He's been saying that he's laughed in JG's face when he said that it might not be the same K1 out there. But Atlanta is going to have a return, a rude awakening in terms of Kyler Murray coming back in. It's definitely going to be an exciting one at State Farm Stadium. The storyline's now away. It's done. It was funny because someone did ask Gannon Friday about, hey, Kyler said he laughed in your face, and Gannon said, yeah, he laughed right in my face. And that was the extent of the answer. But I do think there has to be a little bit of tempering the expectations. At least I am personally because when you don't do something for nearly a calendar year, and officially it's been 335 days on Sunday – when Kyler Murray makes his return after that ACL injury. So there is going to be some rust. The question is, is that, all right, done, knocked off after the first series, the first quarter, the first half, the first game? What do we expect to see? And then, yeah, we all want to see Kyler Murray throw for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and the Cardinals win by 20. I don't think that's very realistic. I think more so Atlanta's going to – the the fans are going to be very excited to see Kyler Murray's return, and I think that when the team is 1-8, and eight, it's tough to get that sort of support and that, that kind of that 12th man as, as Seattle. I'll steal their reference there. But kind of that extra, that extra advantage, it's tough when the record's the way that it is. But with Kyler Murray coming back, I, I mean, it, it, might, it won't be K1 of the past. That is going to take some time. There is going to be a grace period. Now, do we live in 2023 and everyone's going to jump after the first play to see what exactly he looks like? If the rust is still there, that's not going to be an excuse. Kyler Murray's had all this time to warm up and practice, whatever it is. I'm in the same boat as you as much as I would love to see K1 go out there and put up that type of performance that you mentioned. The chances are of that happening are very slim, and if they do happen, then that's an incredible storyline at that. And and every question we have afterwards kind of goes away, but it's going to be an exciting one still, I think, regardless of Kyle Murray's performance for the simple fact that the the return is, is final here. I said this on Wednesday's Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I'll say it here on Friday with you, Zach, and that is I hope we are not, and I'll put myself in this conversation, making judgments, conclusions based off of one game when we talk about Kyler Murray because for me, this is an eight-game 
sample size. This is eight games to figure out, okay, Kyler Murray is back, and yes, he's a part of this team moving forward, or it's eight games, and you know what? We have a decision to make, and we're going to need that time between now and April to figure out, all right, what are we doing at the quarterback position? This is going to be the most important eight-game stretch of Kyler Murray's career because it will be career-determining if he's going to stay here with the Arizona Cardinals or potentially Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon decide to look a different direction. I mean, I've seen a lot of articles that say that JG does not have any sort JG and Monty don't necessarily have any sort of loyalty to Kyler Murray. I do think that JG has respect for Kyler Murray, though, and that does go a long way. It is an eight-game sample size because it is going to be really important. And if he does, if he goes five and three, not necessarily from a record standpoint, but five games of really solid performance, three games where it's not fully there, what exactly, how are you going to exactly view the the season in, in that performance? It will be, I think, though, it does start with one. And when I asked Jonathan Gannon today at the press conference on Friday, I said to him, is it kind of a fresh start because you see the type of opportunities? And he said, every week is a fresh start because you're zero and zero, but you have to take the whole body of the previous 10 weeks and, and take into consideration. A lot of the players, though, in the locker room when asked about a reset with Kyler Murray coming back agreed with the question. So I think there is a sense of, yeah, all right, we have our franchise quarterback. Let's roll. Let's see what we can do here over these last several games before we call it a 2023. And Kyler Murray, how does he look in this offense? Is he comfortable? Is he confident? Is there any signs of hesitancy as far as dropping back, rolling out, scrambling, a design run? Some of those questions I do think will get answered on Sunday, and then there are others that we'll just have to kind of wait and see. And obviously, K1's going to sit at the podium like he did on Thursday and say, I, if I was thinking about it, I wouldn't be here. But I think once you're actually put into the to the game and you know the fans are all watching, you know that the spotlight is all on you, that's when you're really going to see the type of hesitancy. Does he take, does he slide, does he get hit? How does he handle it? How does he trust that knee is something that's going to be really important. But I, I think that some something that's really stood out to me based off of what you just said, Craig, about the players, they do feel like it is kind of a fresh start because they know that the type of opportunities that they're going to get. I mean, Hollywood Brown says it opens up the offense in a completely different way, and it's it's definitely true. And I think some to some extent, yes, this eight-game sample size is going to be in determining if Kyler is going to be an Arizona Cardinal in the future or what potentially the, might step, the next steps might be. But the other 52 in the locker room, they want to win football games. Nobody comes to the NFL. You get paid to win football games. Nobody comes to the NFL in hopes of losing and, and hoping for that first-round pick, that first overall pick. That's not what this Cardinals football team is all about. And I think that's why they have that same energy going to every single game, that O and O mentality. Let's try to go one and O this week. Cardinals and Falcons. Two o five is the kickoff on Sunday from State Farm Stadium. Nine thirty pregame coverage begins on Sunday morning. A little bit later on in the show, we will speak with longtime Falcons beat writer D. Orlando Ledbetter with the Atlanta Journal Constitution. The Falcons come in. This is a big game for them. They have lost two in a row, three of four. They come in with a record of four and five. This is their final game before the bye week, so some questions as far as how the Falcons treating this game. But going back to Kyler Murray, yes, he is back. And then now you look at the pieces surrounding him. The expectation here on Friday is that James Conner will make his return after missing four games with a knee injury. He has to be activated. His practice window was opened up on Wednesday. He's been on IR. There is a roster spot open for yep. the Cardinals because – Thursday, the team did release running back Tony Jones, 
So the Cardinals have 52 players on a 53-man roster. It is a little bit light in that running back room because Amari DiMercato continues to deal with that toe issue. So you've got Keontae Ingram right now as the only healthy running back on the roster. But I do think, and I think we're all in agreement, that Connor is coming back on Sunday, which is a huge boost to this offense. It definitely is to have your two of your top weapons on that offensive on that offensive front being able to come back on that offensive uh, scheme to have your starting quarterback and your starting running back your your workhorse your energizer bunny on that offense those are two huge pieces to come back, and we saw how the running game has struggled in James Conner's absence. Yes, Amari DiMercato did play well in a handful of the games that he was in, but it definitely there was a void. It was very it was very obvious the running game could not get going, and struggled with the play action game because you knew that it was going to be a pass in most cases. So I think to have the two of them coming back is definitely going to be huge. I think you hit on Atlanta's schedule for a little bit, and to go back for a second, Taylor Heineke, I I saw spoke to the Atlanta media earlier earlier in the week and he said this game is their Super Bowl because they want to be able to turn their game behind the, the New Orleans Saints and then after the bye they are going to play the New Orleans Saints so going into this game whether you're going to be two games behind entering the bye or you know trying to trying to pick up some ground is going to be huge for them when you have a team coming in with that sort of chip on their shoulders saying hey this is the biggest game of the season for us right now, and I know JG says every game is the biggest game of the season because it's the next one. Atlanta is going into this seriously believing that's the case to because go, to, to go out there and say this is our Super Bowl against the Arizona Cardinals is a pretty big deal. Heineke making his second straight start, and then head coach Arthur Smith said he would make a decision over their bye week as far as what they're going to do at the quarterback position, whether it's going to be Heineke or they'll go back to Desmond Ritter. But it was last week a home loss to the Vikings and Josh Dobbs. So, yeah, this Falcons team badly need of a win. Cardinals, though, six straight losses. Mm -hmm. They are badly needing a win as well. Kyler certainly helps. James Conner certainly helps. But the question marks along the offensive line, is DJ Humphreys going to play? Is Will Hernandez going to play? That's two-fifths of your starting offensive line and then some key spots, left tackle, and then Hernandez has been a beast at right guard all season long. And left guard. I mean, Elijah Wilkinson's been on IR. And then Tristan Colon, his backup, has also been out for the previous two games. He left very early in the game against the Baltimore Ravens and did not play last week against the Cleveland Browns. He has not practiced at, up until Friday. He has not participated in any practices. Him and Amari both have missed five straight practices at that. So, I mean, Dennis Daly's done a really solid job there at left guard, but now you have also Carter O'Donnell, and he's Will Hernandez's backup. He's been out. Uh, Jonathan Gannon said they expect for him to return to practice on Friday and potentially, if needed, play on Sunday. So that offensive line, it, it's definitely taken some hits. I mean, Yelda Froholt also was out a little bit in the beginning of the in mid, in the beginning half of the season. Paris Johnson Jr. has been the only player that's kind of been able to play every single snap on the offense. A real credit to the Cardinals' rookie tackle. And then another note on that offense, Michael Wilson, a shoulder injury, kept him out of the lineup last week. He's been practicing this week. And just hearing from him in the locker room on Wednesday, it hurt him to miss last week's game. But let's be smart and think long-term. But you get the sense that, okay, he's practicing, albeit limited, but he is going to be full go on Sunday. I think a big part of it is that long-term plan because – 
they did have they did he did not practice at all last week and they still put him as questionable. They kind of left the door open a little bit. And I I might expect for them to do the same with DJ Humphreys and Will Hernandez. Whether they practice on Friday or not is still to be determined. But I expect it to be questionable or doubtful, considering Jonathan Gannon said that they are trending in the right direction and he's leaving that door open. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been very fascinating so far to to see it all go down with Michael Wilson when he spoke at the when he spoke at his locker he was talking about how excited he is to play with Kyler Murray and I think to see a rookie know that that's the that's his future quarterback and he's been waiting this entire time to be playing with K one the questions have been asked to him and on Sunday it's potentially going to happen if he gets out on the field but I do expect for Michael Wilson to make his return as well. Second on the team in receiving yards, seventh most receiving yards among rookies. That is Michael Wilson with 401 on the season. So that is a look at where things stand here on this Friday on the Cardinals side of the equation. How about now we focus in a little bit on the Falcons. As I mentioned earlier, had a chance this week to speak with D Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our conversation began with the fact that this week the Falcons are facing a quarterback making his first start of the season for the third straight week. Will Levis, Jaron Hall, and now Kyler Murray. Now the difference is, Kyler, there's film on Kyler, but just not in this offense. So the question posed to D. Orlando Ledbetter, just how difficult is that going to be, the challenge facing the Falcons on Sunday? Uh, yes, very difficult, and uh, also he's the only one that's a two-time Pro Bowler uh, with with the experience. So you don't have a lot of film. You don't know how he fits. Um, the Falcons assistant head coach Jerry Gray said that uh, they're going to go back and look at um, you know some of the old tapes of uh, Jalen Hurts in Philly, uh, and you know he played against Collar when he was in Green Bay as a coach, so they could at least rely on, um, you know, that experience. So, uh, and then talking to Calais Campbell, it's like, hey, they're going to have to play assignment football and make in-game adjustments. Considering that it's been literally 11 months to the day since Kyler has been on a football field, how much are you and the Falcons expecting as far as that old Kyler Murray where he scrambles, he runs, he rolls out, and just the athleticism with his legs? Yeah, they're expecting that. Um, expecting him to be at his best. They don't think he would come out and play. Uh, you know, uh, if he wasn't able to, to to get you know close back to his old form as he could, uh, they de- they definitely know he's dangerous outside of the pocket. They talked about their plaster rules and how they can't leave receivers because he can flick it sixty yards on you. Next thing you know, you're down uh, by touchdown. So. You know, they're going to stick with their rules, try to contain them, and uh, if he does get out of the pocket, you don't leave your guy until he crosses the line of scrimmage. One more on the Cardinals' offense, and there's also the possibility of James Conner making his return on Sunday. Falcons have done a pretty good job against the run up until these last two games, 149, 146 yards allowed. What's been the biggest reason? Well, uh, the front 146 against Minnesota was uh, Joshua Dobbs scrambling for 66 yards, and then in the Titans game you're playing Derrick Henry. So um, you know that was uh, those are two big, well, one big assignment, and then one um, surprise runner who got loose for for you got loose on you for 66 yards. Uh, they've only given up two rushing touchdowns, uh, but they do know that. Um, 
Arizona's best thing is that they've ran the football pretty good this year, ranked eighth in the league. Yeah, a lot of play action, especially though that has come down since James Conner has been out the past four weeks. We'll see if Conner's on the field on Sunday. On that Falcons defense, a lot of new faces, but one I want to spotlight initially, and you brought him up, Calais Campbell, used to wear an Arizona Cardinals uniform. I know he's getting up there in age, but he's still producing. How has he fit in in Atlanta? Yeah, well, I was on the field last week, and uh, – they were getting fired up for the game, and he was right in the middle, <laughs> getting the guys cranked up before the game and alignment and so forth. So he's sitting in really, really good here, uh, a leader. You know, people listen to him. He's uh, he's not shy about speaking up and trying to help the young guys out. So, yeah, it's been a, a good acquisition for the Falcons to sign Calais Campbell to help uh, guide that defense that they're trying to – you know, find their way in the league with a lot of young guys over there on that side of the football. Take me back to week six when Calais reached 100 sacks for his career and just that moment, not only in the moment, but also post-game and getting the chance to talk to Calais. Yeah, well, he had already told us uh, that he was going to break out into his version of the Dirty Bird, so everybody was ready for that. Uh, you know, that's the, the dance that um, – came out in 1988 when the Falcons first went to the Super Bowl. So and he saw that. So he did that. That was uh, entertaining. And then uh, post-game, he got to reflect on his career and uh, his longevity. And that, uh, you know, 100 sacks kind of validates some of the hard work he had put in, starting in uh, Arizona, then to Jacksonville, then to Baltimore, then here to Atlanta. And he also uh, set up a fund to help teachers in all of those cities, too, which we thought was a really classy move by Calais Campbell. Yeah, $25,000 to each city in which Calais played in, and uh, love to see it, especially considering how much everyone loved Calais here in Arizona. It'll be good to see him on the football field at State Farm Stadium on Sunday. Let's switch it up and talk about the Falcons' offense and the quarterback question. Taylor Heineke is going to make his second straight start this week. What, to you, are the biggest differences between him and Desmond Ritter? Well, he's been able to convert on third downs a lot better and uh, score more points. That's the big thing. Uh, Ritter was getting yards but not scoring points. Uh, You know, Taylor scored uh, 48 points in the last six quarters. He had 20 and a half against Tennessee, which was the high for the season. Uh, Then to come back and put up 28. Uh, on Minnesota when it should have been about 35-42 uh, with them getting stopped in the red zone a couple times. So they should have blew out the Vikings, didn't get it done, uh, you know, messed up on the – had the ball on the one-yard line and couldn't punch it in. So uh, uh, they have done some good things with Taylor, but uh, still some bad things in the red zone as far as not playing power football, not getting the ball to B. John Robinson, not getting it to – Kyle Pitts, you know, you got a lot of weapons there. Uh, now they're still tr- trying to figure out how to use them and score points with them. You mentioned B. John Robinson. The running back carries and how much B. John's been used. I know there's been a lot of talk in recent weeks in Atlanta about that. How do you think the carries should be divided between B. John and Tyler Algier? Um, you know, I think a 50, 60 40 split. Uh, I thought. 
I went and looked back at all the old uh, running backs, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, Barry, uh, Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk. They all kind of had over 300 as a, a rookie. And, uh, you know, I thought Bijan should land between 15 and 20 touches a game, and that's kind of where he's been. Uh, you know, 16, um, if you take out the one game where he was sick and they only gave him one one uh, carry and didn't report his uh, injury slash sickness to the league, uh, you take that game out, he's getting about 16 a carry. I think that's about right. Now, um, you know, on the one-yard line, you don't give him the ball, then that's going to catch them uh some people's attention, and that's what everybody around town has been wanting to know. Well, hey, we drafted the guy eighth overall, and he can't get a yard. Well, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah, Bijan, five yards a carry, but has carried the ball 13 fewer times than Tyler Algier, who's averaging three yards a carry. This is somewhat of a homecoming, or at least the home state for Bijan Robinson out of South Point down in Tucson and the Arizona Cardinals High School Player of the Year in 2019. How much do you think he's looking forward to this matchup? Uh, I think he's looking forward to it a great deal. I uh, talked with him yesterday. A lot of the uh, talk was on the, the usage and his uh, playing. He said he didn't want to fuss about that. That it takes away from the team. So we didn't get into much of the homecoming talk, but uh, – uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's excited about coming back to the great state of Arizona and playing before some family and friends. Might be something that he's more apt to talk about post-game as opposed to going in to the game. This is a Falcons team that does use the running back position and the tight ends, at least multiple tight ends, more than any other offense in the league. How does that give the Falcons an advantage over their opponent? It um. It allows the quarterback to find a mismatch that he likes. Uh, you know, they're going to send somebody deep. It may be a tight end. It may be a receiver. It may be a running back. And then he'll have an underneath route to throw off of that. And then maybe something on the backside for uh, safety precautions. So it's been a, um, you know, versatile attack. Coach uh, Brody Wooding from Tennessee it was what Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown was running so well out there. Uh, uh, without and John O. Smith was part of that also. So it's a diversified attack that you really, um, you know, have to learn how to read the defenses and spread the ball around to make it most effective. Last question. I know limited this week in practice, but if Drake London is able to play on Sunday, how does that change things for the Falcons? Yeah, it gives them that leading receiver back, which is key, and he's uh, – a big, uh, important person on third downs for the Falcons because they like throwing those uh, Mike Evans back shoulder jump ball uh, out patterns to him, and uh, he's been very good at catching them, especially from Ritter. Uh, but uh, yeah, big, uh, big receiver who's made some plays for him. He's their leading receiver. It'd be a big uh, plus for the Falcons to get him back this week. D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Appreciate the time and uh, all the best and look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thank you so much, Craig. Look forward to coming and uh, have a great day and enjoy the game on Sunday. There is no one better when you talk about the Atlanta Falcons than D. Orlando Ledbetter, a great guy, and he is a wealth of information concerning 
that franchise. So looking forward to seeing him on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing the Bird Gang as well. Again, kickoff 205 from State Farm Stadium. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals come in with a record of 1-8, and eight, the Falcons 4-5. and five. And as you mentioned it earlier in the show here, Zach, they are considering this their Super Bowl going into a bye week. Taylor Heineke getting another start, but just some matchups to pay attention to because this is an interesting Falcons offense. Just looking at some of the metrics, there is no team in the NFL that uses multiple running backs and multiple tight ends more consistently than the Atlanta Falcons. I think that that's something that the Cardinals have wanted to to mimic in a sense. I mean, obviously the running back, um, the health status has not been there and for that to be the case. Uh, tight end-wise, we've seen Drew Petzing draw out some one tight end, two tight end, three tight end personnel formations. And with Zachary's sideline and Jeff Swain mispractice as well on Thursday, that's going to potentially have a completely different look. But the the Atlanta Falcons have two tight ends in the top 10 in terms of receiving yards. Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts both have been doing really solid. I believe they're at 7 and 9, each of them respectively. And there's no other team in the NFL that has two tight ends in the top 20 in terms of receiving yards. So they've done a really solid job. And I think with their quarterback turmoil in a sense of not knowing if they're going to go with Heineke or Desmond Ritter. It's been really impressive to see how involved their tight ends have been. And when it comes to the running backs, I mean, it starts and ends with Bijan Robinson. And there's been a lot of questions to pose to Arthur Smith about his usage in the red zone because he's only has one score, but he's averaging five yards a carry. He's been doing a really solid job. And plus he's an Arizona native. So he's going to be coming back home for this one. Yeah. Out of Tucson, South Point High School, the Arizona Cardinals high school player of the year back in 2019. Yeah, the touches is something that a lot of people in Atlanta are talking about because Bijan Robinson, five yards a carry. Tyler Algier, 3.2 yards a carry. Yet Tyler has 13 more carries than your first-round draft pick. And not just a first-round draft pick, but a top-10 selection. And there's a lot of people that want to see more of Bijan Robinson, but he only has... 62 or fewer rushing yards in his past five games. That doesn't sound like a top 10 draft pick. You're, are you getting enough production out of a player that you invested, not just a first-round draft pick in, but again, a top 10 pick? Now, do we care about that this week? No, nope. we don't. But moving forward, especially with the Arizona connection, but that is the curiosity factor with Atlanta Falcons this week is, okay, based off the number of conversations that have been having that have had as far as running back usage what do we expect to see this Sunday and do the Falcons coaching staff go okay you know what we're going to load it up and give it to Bijan I think that I think the tight ends are going to be more heavily involved than I think the running backs are going to be for the simple fact that the Cardinals have really struggled in the past in their past coverage uh they've done a really solid job the previous week they did a really solid job at limiting the Cleveland Browns rushing running ability. Uh, even with Nick Chubb out, the, the Cleveland Browns are still top of the league in terms of rushing yards with Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. They've, they did a really solid job uh, in Cleveland, but the Cardinals only limited them to 113 yards total rushing, which I thought was really solid, all things considered. Um, but, I mean, you, you kind of have to hope that you do limit B. John Robinson. You have to hope that the usage remains a, a question the following week when Atlanta goes back before the bye and they say, why did you not use Bijan as much uh, to Arthur Smith? But I, I, I think when Bijan Robinson's been such an elusive running back, he, he has not necessarily had the number of carries he would expect for and the number of yardage, as, as you mentioned, but he's such a 
skill player, his elusiveness, his mobility. Uh, he's very agile. He's he's a fun running back to watch, but he has not gotten the rock nearly as many times as a top 10 pick would be expected to get. And it's going to be curious to see how the Cardinals handle a tight end where it's multiple tight ends in both Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts as far as not having both out there as far as running routes as opposed to maybe sometimes one stays in as an extra blocker. But how to handle covering the tight end. Cardinals this season have only allowed two touchdowns to opposing tight ends, but those are two big targets. Typically, it's Buda Baker on a tight end. Do we see some Jalen Thompson? Is Marco Wilson on a tight end versus a returning Drake London who missed last week with a groin injury? Very curious on how that secondary matches up when wide receiver-wise, it's not top-heavy. You do get London back on the field this week, but Typically, the touches or the targets, I should say, tend to go to that tight end position. And Kyle Pitts has the type of skill set that he's basically another wide receiver out there. He's done a really solid job out of Florida. He's also a Philadelphia guy, by the way. Of course, you got to bring that up weekly. Listen, listen. I, I think, though, because I, I saw it throughout high school, he's always had that kind of that predominant rise, and he's done a really solid job in Atlanta so far. Last year, he did not get used nearly as often as he is right now, and I think having two tight ends that have been really solid in John U. Smith and himself, he's done. it's kind of opened up the playbook for him. Now, the Cardinals have done a really solid job at containing tight ends. As you mentioned, they've only given up two touchdowns, one of them to David Joku, the other one to Mark Andrews, but like when they played George Kittle, they limited him to one reception for, for nine yards, and Mark Andrews was only, he had that one touchdown, but they limited him to 40 yards. So they They've done a solid job at defending the tight ends, even when you don't have a Buda Baker or Jalen Thompson out there like they didn't against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, they've done a really solid job on the defense side of the ball. Whatever they've been doing, they got to continue doing. They just can't let them get to the back of the end zone. Let's quickly turn the tide over and our attention to the Falcons defense with a brand new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, who was previously with the Saints. He replaced Dean Pease, who retired. But this Saints, or this, I should say this Falcons defense, went through a massive makeover in the offseason. They added a number of offseason pieces in free agency and in acquisitions as far as trying to figure out and correct a defense that in 2022 finished 27th in yards allowed, 25th in passing yards allowed. This year they have the 6th best defense, 14th against the run, 10th against the pass, and oh yeah, there is a familiar face on that defense. Calais Campbell spent his first nine seasons with the Cardinals. He is coming back to town for just the second time since leaving the Cardinals. Not a lot of production, but three sacks, and those three sacks have happened in the last handful of games, including the 100th of his career. So yeah, Calais might be getting up there in age, but he has certainly found a home in Atlanta affecting everyone else on that defense. He's a big body. Oh yeah, six I- foot eight. He's a big body, and I think with the ailing offensive line, that's the type of player you don't want bull rushing you. But that's what you're going to be getting this Sunday when when he does come to town. I think when with, with it's so funny because you 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 rattle off the stats, yet they still have a four and five record. Their record does not tell the full story because they are a really solid team. Um, that NFC West has kind of been. Um, they've gotten a lot of heat over the previous years of not being able to produce. I mean, the records have they've kind of been on the on the lower side in terms of the standings, but they've had to have a spot in the playoff race, and they've and they've had that uh, at four and five, and the Saints being at five and four. The the race is very close, but their records don't tell the full story because the stats are truly there to showcase for it. With this matchup against the Cardinals, 
I, you obviously know the scheme, but you're not going to know fully what you're going to be getting out of a Kyler Murray or if James Conner will, in fact, be activated until Saturday. So it's going to be a challenge for that Atlanta Falcons defense. Falcons defense has four tacklers with at least 60 tackles on the season. Their secondary, led by A.J. Terrell, team best six passes defense. Jesse Bates, the safety, a team best three interceptions, five passes defense, two force fumbles, an offseason addition by that Falcons front office. So, yeah, numbers-wise, it looks very good, but record-wise, it hasn't matched up. And, again, they've lost three of four overall, and they did not look good. They had the lead last week against the Vikings, and Josh Dobbs led the Vikings to an improbable win, if you will, in Atlanta. So now Falcons coming on the road, which Atlanta Falcons team shows up? Yeah, that'll be that'll be the question. I think Drew Petzing hit on two important things. One, he's had a lot of familiarity with some of their Atlanta Falcons uh, defenders that were in the or that were in the AFC North when he was with the Cleveland Browns, and he jokingly said, "I thought I got away from that division, but I feel like I just continue playing them again." And when you have Joshua Dobbs, I mean, he did perform. He did put on a remarkable performance and honestly I was very happy to see the way that he was celebrated afterwards and Drew Petzing said that he texted him as well to share his congratulations but I asked Drew Petzing I said to him does it help at all knowing that you know the type of skill set Josh Dobbs has just as a natural player as a natural quarterback not necessarily within the scheme but just his ability to get out of the pocket that play free for all football and he said it it helps a little bit it's a yes and no like it helps because obviously you have familiarity with Josh but it doesn't necessarily change the the game planning for it so they, they do have an idea, and they have the tape from Josh Dobbs from last week at, on how he kind of dissected that Atlanta defense. I think that is actually going to help this coming weekend. Kickoff on Sunday at 2.05 from State Farm Stadium. Anything else that we might have missed here, Zach, as far as this matchup is concerned? I know all of the focus and attention has been on Kyler Murray, rightfully so, and that's going to be all of the talk on Monday as well as far as moving forward with Kyler Murray here in 2023. I think the only thing that we – the only I think the thing that we should really focus on is the growing uh, chemistry amongst that that secondary. I mean, this is going to be now the third game in a row where they've been fully healthy. Everyone's been playing. Marco missed a single practice on Wednesday, but he's back out there now. So that's going to be something that, that I think it should be kept an eye on. But I, I'm excited to see Kyler Murray run out of that tunnel for the first time. Him and James Conner, I'm assuming, are going to go back-to-back, and it's going to be one loud pop after another loud pop. And you got to be excited for the Cardinals faithful out there. The last word goes to Kyler Murray himself. The last question he was asked on Thursday, he was asked what he looks at when he watches the Falcons on film. Kyler's response, quote, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm worried about us. And we will see Kyler Murray on the field on Sunday for the first time in almost 11 months. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.